When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. the wild with me your host Paladino joey or joey awajan brave the wild is available on apple podcast google podcast pod mn spotify iHeartRadio, radio tune in radio audible stitcher double twist thank you always and forever for downloading and listening to the show minnesota wild for a minute there looked like they were starting to drop off the face of the earth at least for a minute we were coming off a <clears throat> strong start and all that we'd just lost to nashville four and one then we beat Vancouver, and then they're getting crushed by Seattle. Very disappointing. Of course, you had COVID kind of jumping in there and messing things up, but still, 4-1, to one, very frustrating loss. Then we get just beat the crap out of by Colorado. Yeah, and ever since, the Minnesota Wild have been absolutely outstanding, at least in terms of being able to come back and win games in overtime, come back from deficits, even against Ottawa, which was annoying. But uh, yeah, we still won the game. That's nice. And uh, we're able to get past Pittsburgh. I don't know how. That was awesome. New York Islanders. We actually beat the Islanders. Oof, man. We almost never beat them. Uh, and then beat Arizona 5-2. to two. Lots of games to get caught up on, but I'm not going to basically, I'm not going to just go over game by game by game. I'll look at stuff here and there in the games, but it's going to kind of be a general catch-up on the amount of games. Otherwise, this would be like a two-hour-plus show, and I'm not really interested in doing that. Uh, available somehow in wound up being a Thursday because the whole rain situation with the uh, cleanups. Is, uh, that's why I don't do shows weekly during the month of November, usually because of fall cleanups, even though the regular season has begun. But once Thanksgiving comes around, a Thanksgiving tradition, Brave the Wilds on the air, and it's Thursday, Thursday, Thursday from here on. It's just kind of funny how it wound up being a Thursday because obviously it's too wet outside at the moment to do any type of fall cleanup work. So kind of cool how that turned out. <laughs> and luckily as well uh easier work schedule as well for the moment very short time for that we all know how that can change dramatically eight games since the last episode again the wild had started so uh, strongly and then hit a few bumps along the way making us all sad nice to see the wild beat vancouver on the 26th three to two victory it's games like this that make you feel you know this team is different they really are different. There's different leadership. And yes, it's been talked about over and over and over again how the leadership is different. And I'm going to keep talking about it 
until hell freezes over because we went through some major frustrations here in the Parisi Suter era. It's like yes, it made us a playoff team, but 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 you know there was there was always a but. You know, he'd lose in the first round, he'd lose in the second round, and it's just there's just what something just wasn't right forever, and you can always harken back over and over and over again to what uh, Bill Guerin said. Well, that that's kind of the thing. Like I've got to figure out like what what's the issue. You know why mm-hmm. why have we been falling short? The teams are good. Um, the guys play hard, but there's something uh, rooted here that is that's not working. And it's not just trading players and you know changing the GM and things like that. It's it's uh, it's, it's something in the in the way that we operate every day. It's something in the culture, and we need to change it. Mm-hmm. And how can you disagree with that? And it looks like things have changed dramatically. There's a completely different vibe. Um, obviously, there were some crappy games along the way, but nice to see Matt Dumba. He's been playing differently. Sometimes it's just like at work. You think somebody, you know, there's they have potential, but, man, they have underachieved for years, like in the workplace, and then you make them a, a trainer, which is like an alternate captain, like a backup trainer, so to speak, where I work. I'd have a C out of my chest. I wouldn't have an A in my position, but, of course, still just like a factory worker. But I would have the C on my chest. I'm the lead trainer. Um, but it's like when Matt Dumma got the A on his chest, it's he's just been better, uh, just generally better, higher IQ. He still has gaffes. He has defensive gaffes. He's not perfect, but he's just taking the reins more than he did before. He's asserting himself better than he was in the past, and it's just been really, really impressive at the end of the day. Jonas Berdeen could have easily gotten it as well, but it looks more and more and more like... GM Bill Guerin, as people like to call him, <laughs> GM BG, <laughs> is probably going to find a way to keep Matt Dumba. So it's going to be extremely interesting as we head into the offseason with how things go, because of course we start taking the real hit now with the Suter Parisi buyouts. The real cap hit begins. It begins. <laughs> the hauntings of Parisian Suter are still there. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because Halloween had happened uh, has happened since the most recent episode back on October twenty fourth. Uh, apologize for that weird sense of humor, but been impressed with what Matt Dumba's accomplished. There's only one player that I've not been too pleased with thus far this season, and that would be who? That would be who? That'd be Jordan Greenway. At the end of the day, of course, there's certain prospects that have had ups and downs. And then guys that are that were prospects for years, and I had so much fun keeping up with them in the little prospect segment on every single show. For I I talked about prospects all the way back to the beginning, but then I officially made like a little segment, kind of like a split segment of it, and I would talk about guys like Brandon DeHame all the time. You know, and not that I have this major knowledge of it. You know, of Brandon DeHame, I I don't have every little nook and cranny of him in Providence and such. But I kept up with them and kept up with them. And it's like, it's just fun to see him come all the way to the National Hockey League. And now he's a 24-year-old, and he looks so good out there, man. You know, he's, he's not a top-line player. He could, he's the kind of guy, though, he's skilled enough. He could he could find his way on the second line in spurts here and there. He could, uh, depending on how well he's playing and such. He could be a middle six type of talent. I think everybody sees that. He's not a fourth-line player. Uh, he's a second- or third-line uh, winger player, winger, you get the idea. Um, it's just been a lot of fun. A lot of fun keeping up with Brandon DeHame all the way back into, again, Providence and such when the Wild took him. All the way back in 2016, I would have been Chuck Fletcher took Brandon DeHame. Thank you, Chuck Fletcher. 
Uh, he would find some nice players that would end up being good. It's just that the philosophy of the team was never in the right place in the past, where it just seemed like we're going to be good, we're going to be competitive, and that's it. We're going to be competitive here and there. We'll make the playoffs. And now it's just literally like you hear Bill Guerin, and he said, what are we all about, Spurgey? And then Spurgey started to talk, and then Bill Guerin said, F that. We're here to win, period. And that was pretty cool. Uh, and I'm getting that vibe that they it's F that, we're here to win. So <laughs> can't complain about that one bit. <sighs> Not even a little. It's it's exciting. It's very exciting the way the Wild were able to get it done versus Vancouver. Uh, Seattle, I hated everything about going into Seattle. I thought it was going to be fun. I thought you know, the Wild were going to win. I thought it would be a competitive kind of a fun game. Apparently, the goofball, but he's very popular. Brandon Tanev, everybody likes him. He's, I'm trying to think who he'd be compared to with the uh, Vegas Golden Knights a couple of years back uh, when they got started. They were called the uh, Misfits. That's what it was. And now that team's completely different. Now they have uh, uh, Jack Eichel and such. Can you believe it? They have Jack Eichel and Alex Tuck has been traded from the Vegas Golden Knights. Isn't that the darndest thing? Alex Tuck, all that talk about Alex Tuck, and man, oh man, we really screwed ourselves. We gave him away uh, to Vegas. Even Eric Hall had an awesome year at the beginning there. He was so good. And then he had the terrible uh, knee injury. That sucks. And he's just been, you know, barely in lineups ever since. Ah, breaks my heart. Um, but they had that cool misfit team. Now it's just totally different. Now you got Stone. You got uh, Pacioretty, guys like that. And, of course, Jack Eichel, if he ever plays. No, he will. He's going to have to. He's going to have to. $10 million a year and trading multiple uh, prospects. And, of course, Alex Tuck to the Buffalo Sabres. It's going to be very interesting. Very, very interesting. I'm looking forward to playing Buffalo coming up. Hopefully not too long from now. Brandon Tenev, sixth goal, but that's it. That's all he has is goals. Uh, good for him, though. God, it's a frustrating game. The Wild opened things up. I mean, Ryan Hartman has been a revelation, to say the least. I mean, he has been unreal for the Minnesota Wild. Most underpaid player in the National Hockey like maybe. He's certainly the most underpaid, play, underpaid player on the Minnesota Wild at the moment. What a revelation he's been. What has he got, like six goals now? Um, he has been awesome. He's been absolutely awesome. Doesn't have a ton of assists, but he puts the puck on net. Yeah, he's the Brandon Tenev of the Minnesota Wild right now. Uh, let's just say I had a minor... Yeah, I mean, it was a very minor disagreement with uh, great friend uh, Derek Falska at Crease and Assist fantastic writer for the Minnesota Wild and his wife, uh, his wife Teresa Ferries, writes the uh, previews on the Sports Daily, and Derek Relska writes the reviews of the games, and Derek also writes, you know, stories during the course of the season as well that could come up in the offseason. Uh, highly recommended. He talked about how, see, one in the fantasy hockey league, I know this is probably not important at all, I apologize, but just real quick, fantasy hockey league, Somebody dropped Johnny Goudreau for Brandon Tenev. And then Derek said, well, Brandon Tenev's off to a good start. And Goudreau's not, you know, he's not. He, Goudreau's not off to a good start. But it is Johnny Goudreau. And that's changed pretty dramatically, I think. I think I won that one. <laughs> I think I won the... <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. I know, obviously not. Johnny, it's Johnny Goudreau. He's doing great now. It was like right after that. It was like buying a stock when it just hits the basement. Like my God, it dropped all the way down to uh, fifty cents, and now it's now it's ten bucks again. It feels good, and you got Brandon Tenev right at the top there, and now you know the people aren't really buying it as much. It's just kind of floating around there. That would be Brandon, but uh, obviously in the locker room they love him. 
to death. It's nice to see, and I know that distracted me. I apologize. Uh, this is how I this is how I roll, though. Sometimes I hated everything about this game, though. Obviously, there was a bad vibe. Guys like Rem Pitlick and Mister uh, um, Matt Zuccarillo were sick with, uh, or either sick or you know they had the, they had the positive test of COVID nineteen. Just leave that where that is, unfortunately. Uh, Galagoski, I, I think yeah, he was like a different kind of sickness. Uh, Kula, Kulikov also had something going on. Kyle Rao, it was uh, Kyle Rao, it was ridiculous. Like, geez, like we're, we're getting hit with all this again. But you figure we still have a ton of good players. You still got Kaprizov, you still got Fiala, you still got Felino, who's been an MVP. Hartman's been an MVP for the club. The other Goudreau, Freddy, Frederick Goudreau, I just, I just, yeah, I have to call him that. You have all these good players, and then it's like, and then we just like lay an egg and we stink. Uh, Capo Kakinen. No, this was this was Cam Talbot. Pardon me. Kakinen was against Nashville. Kakinen wouldn't see the ice again for a little while, but what an improvement. What an improvement. Talbot, though, only two goals against. So it wasn't like the worst game ever. It just, I don't know, Grubauer was in the right place the right time, and it just wasn't a good vibe, this whole game. And Seattle fans are just, I don't like Seattle fans. I don't like them at all. I hate the Seahawks with a passion. The 12th man, and then Seattle, what is it, uh, Lywicky, who used to be with the Wild years ago, who when the Wild were getting started, really, you're going to retire number 32? You know how many good goalies could wear number 32 for the Seattle Kraken that never will be able to? They're going to say, screw you, I'm not coming there, I can't wear my number. No, I'm kidding. I, I would hope they wouldn't do that. You're going to retire 32 because, uh, yeah, uh, because you just did, I guess. Uh, that's great for the fans and all that. And it's cute how the Wild retired number one for the fans years ago. Lywicky and Seattle retired number 12. Seattle Seahawks retired number 12 for the 12th man on the field. Well, hopefully you have too many men on the field because I hate the Seahawks. I hope they get penalized till the cows come home. Vikings finally beat them for the first time since 2006. No, yeah. 2009 when they were really bad. Pardon me. But on the road since 06. That's a different show called Purple Mafia there. Pardon me. Purple Mafia. Um, but this game sucked. It was terrible. It was frustrating. And the Seattle fans got on my nerves like you wouldn't believe. I was acting a little bit crazy. I hope I didn't offend and offend anybody or like have people rolling their eyes like, what's wrong with him? He's, he's weird. Yeah, I was weird. Um, Ryan Hartman got the lone goal versus the Colorado Avalanche in a 4-1 uh, game where it was just the whole game. You just felt nothing was going right. And Darcy Gamber was in the right place, right time. And the vibe just stunk like the Seattle game in Colorado, was, who'd been struggling mightily, <clears throat> was just kind of toying with us most of the way. Wasn't a fun night at all. Jack Johnson, former LA King, winding up on the, uh, <laughs> winding up on the um, Colorado Avalanche, seeing leaves falling before my eyes here. Nice to have a window right in front of me here in the Golden Valley apartment uh, during the fall day. Um, oh, this game was not a fun game at all. It was just the whole vibe, and this is kind of, this game, let's just say the Pittsburgh game reminded me of this one in a big way, and then things changed so dramatically. Uh, but obviously the vibe was a little negative at this stage. Guys were out. Uh, Jordan Greenway, not a big loss. Uh, no disrespect to him, but uh, obviously lower body injury, missed a few games. Not many people were missing him too much other because he hadn't done really hardly anything. Not much energy, not much of a vibe, not much assertiveness. And it was frustrating. And you wrap up the month of October with a haunting loss. Isn't that cute how I did that? Isn't that cute? Uh, but, yeah, the Wild ended up losing a couple in a row there. 
three out of four during that week. It was an awful week. Other than winning in Vancouver, which was kind of fun, it was an awful week. Five to two lost to Nashville, who had been pretty cruddy. And watching the Granlin and all them celebrate Granlin, Granlin, as Doc Emmerich would say. And then the vibe would change like, wow, it changed in a good way. Four wins in a row, that's right. We got it back-to-back now with Arizona and Vegas, Vegas, Vegas tonight. We'll preview that in the next segment. Ottawa Senators, the Wilds start scoring early and often against a team that's just, you know, they're kind of like the Arizona, kind of, not as bad, like the Arizona of the Eastern Conference. They're getting a little better. They have some good players. They have a goalie named Phil Gustafson, who the Wild, you know, took advantage of a bit. Strutzel, who I released in order to sign uh, Teres, uh, uh, was it Teresenko? No, that's actually how I got Goudreau. But, uh, yeah, the guy cut Tenev for, uh, he cut Goudreau for Tanav. I couldn't believe it. Johnny, not 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 Freddie. Johnny, yeah, Johnny. Uh, and then I cut Strusel for uh, Goudreau, and he had an assist, so I was in trouble there. But uh, it wasn't too bad. Oh, Tyler Ennis, <laughs> Tyler Ennis, still floating around out there. Fourth line, <clears throat> tiny little fourth line winger who can score a little bit and had some skill before he had multiple concussions and all that depressing stuff. The Wild will take a nice, solid 3-1 to lead and watch it evaporate. And I was just like, really, man, is this is this for real? Five minutes. It took five minutes to, for this game to go from 3-1. to 3-1 to <laughs> to 4-3 to Ottawa. 4-3 to Ottawa, and it's like you can just feel the vibe like, here we go again. Back to the same old bull crap. It was a nice little start. We felt good, and now here we go again. Oh, come on. We're better than this. We're better than this. It's okay to have a couple bad games. But let's not let's not let this uh, continue. And then Marcus Foligno, midway through the second, ties it up, and it's kind of a back and forth, uh, multiple scoring chances here and there, but we couldn't finish. Then it goes to OT, and then it's like, oh great, overtime. We're probably gonna lose. No, we're not gonna lose. Wait a minute, Dak. We don't lose in overtime anymore because we don't have Eric Stahl, Zach Parisi, Ryan Suter, <laughs> Victor. Yeah, sometimes we have him out there, but we'll leave that alone. But uh, yeah. You didn't have those guys out there, any, you know, like in the past three years because they're not on the team anymore. Do you see why Bill Guerin made the moves he made? I mean, not only was the vibe not good, but they weren't the right pieces to win games. You know, God bless Zach Parisi. He, you know, had some good seasons. His best years were in New Jersey, let's be honest with that. It just seemed like he wasn't quite as good here the whole time. He had some big moments. He had some big games. He had a few hat tricks. He had that Kirby Puckett-like uh, multi-goal game against uh, the Colorado Avalanche circa 2014. That was seven years ago, by the way. Seven, seven and a half years ago. <clears throat> and Phil helped force the seventh game, which was cool. But guess what? You know, that was just the first round of the postseason, and there wasn't a whole lot after that. Uh, and he wasn't that consistent. He was really good. It was Parisi, but he wasn't that consistent. And, of course, it was a different vibe. That wasn't as good. And overtime and shootouts. Yeah, shootouts, let's, not, let's just leave that where that is. That's a whole different topic for a different day. It's kind of lame. Thank God they didn't bring that into the postseason. Can you imagine if they did? What a disaster that would be. Eric Christensen wins it for the LA Kings. They win the Stanley Cup. Oh, my God. Oh, a guy that absolutely never plays just won the Stanley Cup for the LA Kings uh, with a lucky bounce. <laughs> could you imagine? I mean, and that could happen, but yeah. Come on, that's bullcrap in a shootout. That would be depressing. It, it, it happens in Blades of Steel, but not in real life. You go to OT, and then you get to see 
uh, lines that have been, you know, people have been only dreaming about, and you got to see a combination. You know, we, we'd been seeing it sometimes. Uh, Mr. Dean Everson would put them together, and sometimes he'd break them up again. But Kevin Fiala and Kaprizov together, you finally got to see it. Two guys that have been slumping, two guys that have been frustrated, two guys, especially in Fiala's case, that had so many good chances. It seemed like he was getting snake bit with good saves and bad bounces and such. Kirill Kaprizov, who seemed to, like, he hasn't been, it seems like he's not been super healthy since a few games earlier where he may have injured his ankle quite possibly or something, some kind of lower body deal. Uh, skating wasn't all there. Then you saw them on the breakaway. Two-on-one situation with Fiala and Kaprizov. Fiala, was he going to shoot? Was he going to pass? Beautiful little saucer pass over to Kaprizov for the finish, and it's like, oh my God, how cool is that? Yes, it's just Otto and Kaprizov. What a nice way to score your first goal. What a nice way to end the drought. Pretty cool. Probably see a little bit of that on the uh, on the uh, Twitter account, the Twitter, at Brave the Wild, of course. We moved to the Pittsburgh game, a 5-4 to four victory where the Wild were getting beat pretty good. It felt like, it just this whole game kind of felt like, yeah, it's just going to be a loss. Like, Pittsburgh's better, even though they're missing players, and they're scoring goal after goal after goal, and Talbot seems like he's getting tired, and he's just, he's not as sharp as he was earlier in the season at the beginning. And it's like, okay, can, you know, we need to get Kakinen in there. It's getting ridiculous. And then you figure Tristan Jerry's beatable, so let's friggin' beat him. Jari, Jari's beatable, so let's beat him. And then somebody called Kasperi Kapanen, and yes, I know who he is, but it's Kasperi Kapanen. Is he that good? A hat trick in the game. That was right, a hat trick in the game, which put Pittsburgh up 4-2. to two. He's okay, and he was a first-round pick in 2014, that's what it was. His career high, though, was 44 points, 20 goals. Ugh, a hat trick. Yep, he's just one of those nice little nice little players who can play in the bottom six and can score a little bit. And maybe he can play a little bit on the second line. He's one of those kind of guys. Not somebody you want to be getting a hat-trick against, which is extremely frustrating. Drew Larkson had a hat-trick earlier in the year, finally got his fourth goal to make it 3-2, to two, which felt great. And then Kapanen, not Kakanen, Kapanen made it 4-2 to two Pittsburgh. And it just felt, we're going to freaking lose. Yeah, this is, a, this is dumb. Pittsburgh's been better the whole game. They've been a... Uh, step ahead of us, and then Spurgeon and Hartman score, only three minutes apart, especially Hartman with three seconds remaining. What an amazing play. I was stunned. I mean, we're going to lose, we're going to lose, we're going to lose, and then you have the extra man. Pittsburgh will probably score in the empty net, and they had opportunities, but thank God it didn't happen. And then Beckman, timing things just right, fighting, fighting, fighting for that puck. Was able to feed Dumba, who was able to get it to Hartman. Unbelievable. And the Wild ended up tying the game with only three seconds left, and what happens? What happens? <laughs> the Wild end up winning again in OT. And my goodness, or no, in shootout, in the shootout in this case, pardon me. Wild end up winning. <clears throat> it looked like we were going to lose in the shootout as well. And then Fiala with a nifty goal. Kaprizov, of course, uh, saved the day at the beginning. Uh, the Wild were going to lose if Kaprizov didn't score. Uh, nice little shootout, kind of a, a soft touch on the puck. And Fiala, very skilled with the stick. Unbelievable. And then Bukestad finished it off. Made us feel like a million dollars. We actually beat Pittsburgh. Yes, it sucks going to the shootout, but at least we won the game. And, my God. You know, you don't like the shootout. You figure it's kind of cheap in a way. But, no. We we, we just beat Pittsburgh on, on the road where we hardly ever win there. And, my God, that felt good. Then you get the Islanders. And you get the tribute for Parisi. And all the respect to him and all that. But, at the same time, I don't feel all that excited about Zach Parisi. I, no offense. You know, obviously the vibe, uh, I haven't recovered, let's just say. I haven't recovered from the negative vibe of the whole thing, especially the last few years. So it's like, 
all respect to you, now go away, that kind of thing. God bless you and everything. I, I don't want to be a jerk about it. I'm really sorry to be, and I hate, I, I'm sorry if Wild fans are offended by what I'm saying, and I don't think he should be. Maybe he'll win a Stanley Cup, maybe not, but the Wild outmatched this team most of the way. Uh, the Wild were out shooting them. As I was actually, as the show started, or the game started, I was still finishing up the Purple Mafia podcast from last week, and it was just, I could tell the Wild were outplaying New York pretty much from the get-go, and it felt really nice. And then, but then Anders Lee scored first, which was depressing. It's like, ah, oh, here we go. It's going to be a classic 2-1 to New York win or 2 nothing New York win where <clears throat> we outshoot them, we this, we that, but then they, they, they just stop everything and then they score a couple goals and win it. Anders Lee ended up putting them up 2-1. to one. He ended up getting multiple goals in the game. It looked like Brandon DeHaim had scored his second goal. It wound up going to Bugle, Bukestad, which tied it up midway, literally at the midpoint of the game, 10 minutes into the second period. Bukestad, like, knocked it out of the air at the last second. Nice little turnaround move by Brandon DeHaim. Uh, he's, he has been so valuable for Minnesota, helping getting shots on net, helping set up uh, scoring chances, but also, again, just being a little bit of everywhere throughout things. Uh, I didn't even mention the cross-check and such, but this segment's going to go on forever. The cross-check that he did, and then the fight that started with, uh, obviously, uh, Nathan McKinnon came up to fight with Brandon DeHaim. Brandon DeHaim got ejected from the game, luckily not suspended or anything, but he did get the game misconduct, and McKinnon didn't even get a uh, five-minute fight or anything penalty, and people were a bit stunned by that. Uh, in fact, everybody was stunned by that, including uh, Dean Everson, like, what's that all about? And obviously he was giving the ref that cruel stare that he has. <laughs> it was kind of funny to look at. Uh, Brendan DeHaime would get his second goal of the season at the end. Uh, it looked like, again, it was like, oh, Bukestad took his goal away, but that's okay. God bless Bukestad. I, know he, I love him. He works hard. He's had a wonderful season, to be quite honest. And then DeHaime does score later on, where Hartman finally got one assist. <laughs> the old Tenev of the Wild there. Finally gets his first assist and his seventh total point. And Brendan DeHaime with his second goal of the season. And that one actually was like a real goal. Obviously, again, picking up your stick and the puck going in. That's nice. It's cool. And hey, if you're going to score somehow, some way, that's fine. But then this one is actually more of a regular goal where he's able to finish very close to the net. A greasy Parisi type goal in honor of Zach Parisi, I guess. And the Wildwood had a couple of empty netters. Jonas Brodeen launching it from way out. Dumba launching it from way, way, way out. Basically, both of them from the, from the length of the ice, practically, were able to finish. Beautiful accuracy. No cute little pass. Just finish the damn game off. And thankfully, no icing for either guy because they were perfectly accurate on their shots a la <laughs> a la Joe Sackett years ago oh, perfect shot sometimes they'd bury us in those close games it was like damn it anyway uh, when the Wild would go with the empty net which was uh, disappointing to say the least but Brandon DeHaim just continues to be wonderful out of Parkland, Florida again five points on the season and we appreciate everything he brings too bad he got the game misconduct, but that's how it goes. He is second on the team in PIMS, or well, just I'll call it penalty minutes. I don't know. I'm not millennial enough. I'm an I'm a Gen X, damn it. So I'm not lit enough for you guys. <laughs> I'm a I'm a I'm a Gen X and proud of it. Felino still leads the team in penalty minutes because of his uh, fights. So many fights. Deheim had that big game misconduct, the 17-minute dilly, but hasn't had too much other than that. So, at least he's staying out of the bleeping box in terms of, like, dumb penalties and such. Um, Fiala just continues uh, continued to fight, continued to keep uh, 
obviously with the penalty kill and such, playing a smarter, high IQ game uh, throughout time. And he finally is getting rewarded now for his aggressive play. Had a multi-point game in this one. Felt like a million dollars to see uh, Kevin Fiala get a three-pointer, three-point game, multiple assists, some good passes. Kirill Kaprizov and Brennan DeHaim with just highlight-type goals, especially Kevin Fiala, which drew the unbelievably cool holy jumping out of old Panger, out of Darren Pang. It drew the holy jumping out of Kevin Fiala. Uh, Kevin Fiala got a holy jumping from Darren Pang on TNT. Pretty cool. Uh, poor Arizona. They were the sacrificial lamb on TNT to watch the Wilds' excellence. <laughs> Jacob Shikrin, who you think is a, obviously was a free agent in fantasy hockey lately because he hasn't gotten any points because his team isn't doing anything. Continued to get no points, but at least he wasn't a minus again, poor guy. Um, it's, a, it's a mess in Arizona. I'm not going to rail on them and treat them like crab. I don't think that's nice. I like Arizona, and I, I, I hope they get better again. Greenway had returned from the injury and all that and was meh at best. Pitlick had returned the day before, and he was able to get an assist in this one. What a nice little pass. He's, he's a nice passer. Uh, kind of reminds me of, you know, like when Zucker and, Gl- Zucker and Grandland played together, they'd make those little saucer passes. Um, yeah, sauce on it, right? It was a nice pass. I mean, I, I like what Ram Picklick brings. He's a nice skater. He's got a nice release and all that on his passes. And I think he can be a goal scorer as well. Obviously, he's scored goals everywhere but the National Hockey League thus far. Dmitry Kulikov was able to get the goal uh, from the Ram Pitlick pass on that case. Uh, second assist of the season. John Merrill continues to be a positive. Everybody loves old Larry Bird there. Four assists already for John Merrill. How about that? Four assists. Again, Kevin Fiala basically, though, had the puck in the air, and just the way he redirected it and kind of carried it slightly, just enough with a stick to make a spectacular goal. Made everybody excited, putting the Wild up 3-1. to one. And there was a sighting, a ghost, the ghost that lives again. The guy that the Wild almost traded Jack Parisi for two years ago. Andrew Ladd is playing. Andrew Ladd with his second goal of the season. Uh, yep, he was a part of a big trade recently because he was going to get traded with his, his contract and all that, that type of situation. Three points on the season for Andrew Ladd. He lives. Fourth round pick, or fourth overall pick by the Carolina Hurricanes back in 04. He was on the Islanders for an, a long period of time and missed like about two years with injury. Uh, pretty much about that. Uh, getting back into the 18-19 season. And now he's back with Arizona. After being a pretty good player, never really was a fourth overall pick type of talent, but still a very good top six type of guy with uh, multiple teams. Chicago, I remember him there. Chicago, man, he won a, he did win a Stanley Cup. Yep, that's what I thought. We'll not touch on that topic. Uh, everybody else has talked about it enough. I don't need to go into it more. It's, yeah, it's too bad. It's, 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 it's too bad what happened there. I'll just leave it as is. It's, it obviously sucks. Um, but, yep, congratulations to Andrew Ladd, I guess, on that cup. And, of course, that now it's got a little bit of a negative vibe on that one, unfortunately. Um, it's a damn shame because, gosh, gosh, it's it's a damn shame. I'll just leave it as is. Uh, but it, it's kind of cool to see Andrew Ladd playing again, I guess. Uh, good for him. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's continuing to play again. It's hard to believe, but... Uh, God bless him, and the Wild end up winning five to one in five to two. Pardon me, in Arizona, Shane 
Gustus Bear was able to get his second goal of the season. He's been a something. He's been something for Arizona at the very least. <laughs> you got to see the Kirill Kaprizov stick his tongue out on the bench after scoring his power play goal. That made us feel a little bit better. Zuccarillo's back in the mix and Kevin Fiala. Pretty cool group there on the power play. Zuccarillo, Fiala, and Kaprizov all on the power play. Pretty damn cool seeing those guys together. All playmakers, all guys that can do a little bit of everything. The only one that doesn't shoot is Zuccarello. Of course, Kaprizov for a while wasn't either. And people were like, just shoot the puck, man. Shoot it. And he finally has been a bit more. Three goals now on the season. And he's the fastest player in wild history by a wide margin, even over Marion Gabrick, to get to 30 goals in his career. What is it, 67 games for Kirill Kaprizov. Marion Gabrick was 93 if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so, and, and Kirill Kaprizov, despite everyone saying, oh, he's not been playing so high, blah, 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 still leading the team in scoring. And yes, 67 games, 30 goals, 31 assists, right even there uh, overall, because last year he had a few less uh, assists than goals as he started actually shooting the puck last year. 61 total points in 67 games thus far in his NHL career, and $9 million a year. <laughs> People are a little frustrated about that part because of the amount of games, but well, he's here, he's, he's a leading scorer, and blah, 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 and hope he continues to get better. Kevin Fiala, again, it's so nice to see him get rewarded, because he's put the puck, he's been aggressive, he's been putting the puck on net, he's had some chances, and he's been, again, he's been a good citizen in terms of being on the third line with the Goudreaux of the world. You don't feel the selfish vibe you felt in the previous teams for the Minnesota Wild, so makes you feel really damn good at the end of the day. For Kevin Fiala. Also, really nice to see Capo Kakinen have a couple of nice games. I didn't even bring that up. My apologies there. But Kakinen getting his goals against average down to just above three. He's actually not even .2 goals against average lower than Talbot at the moment. Because Talbot had a couple of not-so-great games. 2.85 for Cam Talbot. He will be in net tonight versus the Vegas Golden Knights. We'll talk about that in the next segment. But again, it felt really good to see Capo uh, Kakinen be a bit more steady. And again, Arizona, it is what it is. The Wild dominated the puck. So that's kind of how that goes. But yeah, I mean, it's nice to see Capo Kakinen. He was in that versus the New York Islanders as well. And that's a, that's a pretty good team. The Wild stifled them pretty nicely, though. Kept them to only 21 total shots. And that's the good part. But Capo Kakinen made the saves he needed to because New York could have easily won the game. He, uh, Cabo Kakinen did not look awful like he did against the Nashville Predators early on. So, it makes you feel a bit better for him, and now, you know, we feel a little more comfortable going forward with uh, the two goalies, rather than oh boy, we have to make a trade, we gotta make a trade, gotta get the, the next Devin Dubnik to back up uh, <laughs> to back up Cam Talbot. So, hopefully we don't have to make some kind of panic trade during the course of the season, because we have a backup goalie that can't get it done, like Kemper in the past. With that, I'll pass out the award. A bit long first segment because there was so much catching up to do, but we feel good about how things are going. Being able to win in OT, being able to win against teams that are pretty good, like New York and Pittsburgh, and come back and beat them, and come back and beat teams that look like they're going to surprise you, like freaking Ottawa going down 4-3 to three after being up 4-1. to one. What the hell is that? <laughs> that was not cool. 3-1, um, to one, pardon me. 3-1. to one. I'm crazy. 3-1. to one. And it, it, was, it was upsetting. Uh, the Mike Madonna Award for this episode. It could go to Ryan Hartman. It could go to Kevin Fiala. I'll go to with Ryan Hartman. I wanted to go with Fiala, but Ryan Hartman's been just, he's just been a bit of everything. And again, he's an underpaid player for what he is. Uh, he's a team guy. 
the way he was willing to go that low, less than $2 million a year, to help this franchise continue to sign other players and to play his role as well as he has. Everywhere you put him, he, he does a good job. And it's extremely exciting, extremely, extremely... Uh, it's just an extremely good vibe, positive vibe with him right now, and we really appreciate everything he brings. I mean, he might be an alternate captain at the end of the day. Say if somebody goes down that has an A on their chest or a C, he might have an A. He might be the next guy. Him or Brodine, I gotta think. And then the James Shepard Memorial, the player that was the most disappointing, generally speaking, it's still gonna be Jordan Greenway until we start seeing something, because we're not seeing something. That's the problem with Jordan Greenway thus far. He has been uh, disappointing at best. To say the least, uh, it's it's it sucks. I, I wish I wish he was better, but he hasn't been so far. Uh, Spoke Z on the Judd's Buds podcast basically said Brandon Ahim is going to take Jordan Greenway's job. Uh, at the end of the day, Greenway's going to end up getting traded, and that uh, it's going to be Brandon Ahim. I I agree. I agree with that. I think Brandon Ahim is a perfect fit for that job, and I think he's the one. I I think that's what's going to happen. Greenway will be traded at some point. I don't see him re-signing with the Minnesota Wild or the Wild resigning him, so to speak, unless it's like dirt cheap because he's not earned anything at the end of the day. He hasn't. With that, we'll take a break and come back to review four games. I'll try to keep that fairly brief. (laughs) I don't want to babble too much. And then we get to the prospects and fan interaction. Still a bit to go on Brave the Wild. Four games to preview, like I was saying. Vegas, Seattle, San Jose, Dallas. Let's just get to it immediately. The Golden Knights. We play the Golden Knights, November 11th. Happy Veterans Day to everybody out there that served in the military. You may have a relative as well that has served in the military. Going all the way back to the Revolutionary War in the late 1700s, of course, 1776. All the way up to anybody that uh, was involved with Afghanistan and such. God bless each and every one of you. We'll say the Revolutionary War, the Civil War, and I'm going to say both sides because, you know what, yeah, especially the Union Army, but I'm just saying both sides because they both lost their lives. They both were, you know, American, this and that, uh, American soldiers, but especially the Union Army, we'll say, and World War I in Europe, World War II in Europe and Japan, World War Three, World War Three, <laughs> stupid. Uh, Korean War. Hopefully, there isn't a World War Three. Korean War. Um, Vietnam. Iraq one, Bosnia, Iraq two, Afghanistan, and others. God bless each and every one of you. I will give veterans, every veteran that has ever served in the U.S. military, a moment of silence. Thank you, and God bless America. Now I'll quickly do the Vigit application, so I just get this done right now. It is an application for Apple and Google 
phones, Apple and Apple phones and Android phones is a good, better way to say it. Social media for sports bettors. You can post about your uh, picks and see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting Leagues, a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sportsbook, bet-free coins, win real prizes. Betting stats. There is great information available in the Vigit Lifeline movement where the player or the public is betting. Pardon me. This is not real money wagering. It is like fantasy betting. Fantasy betting. So there you go. Fantasy betting for you out there. Uh, do join it. We can join in leagues for hockey, football. Uh, lots of fun. Obviously, even basketball if you like that as well. <laughs> Get into some betting leagues, and you don't lose a penny, and you can win real. Uh, you can win real prizes. So there you go. Vegas Golden Knights, I'll also do another uh, thing in between the next one. I better do that. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, finally, November 11th here. Vegas is 7-6 and six on the year. They're starting to pick it up a little bit after a pretty nasty start. Doesn't help, though, when, you know, players are injured and now traded away, of course. Uh, Stone played only two games thus far. Did get three assists, obviously. Great passer. Pacioretty, only two games. William Carlson's been reduced to eight, and he's been pretty quiet. Obviously, he was a 43-goal scorer years ago. Alec Martinez up to a fairly slow start. Chandler Stevenson's leading the club in scoring with 13 points on the year, and Jonathan Marshall-Schultz has been, he's one of the uh, the misfits on the team that went all the way to the finals. Finals, final, whatever you want to call it. Peter Angelo, Shea Theodore have their roles, this and that. But um, leading goal scorer has been Jonathan Marshall-Schultz, and five goals for Stevenson, but no stone. No pets are ready. Tuck has been traded away. And Tuck hadn't even played a game yet. So, gosh, it's like, what a mess. But Vegas is 3-2 and two in their last five. They're picking it up a bit in the month of November after getting shut out by the Toronto Maple Leafs on, on November the 2nd. They beat Ottawa 5-1 to one on the 4th. These are all road games, by the way. Montreal, Montreal, they took care of Montreal. Well, where was this last year? 5-2 to two win. Montreal sucks right now. And Vegas hasn't been... They're not a conference final team right now to me. And they lose to Detroit. I saw this the other night. What the heck? But it was on a back-to-back. -back. Uh, and they beat Seattle. Vegas beat Seattle. A much better game two days ago. And then they play in Minnesota tonight. Minnesota. Tonight, the matchup. Three matchups this year with Vegas. It's not going to be eight. It's going to be three. So <laughs> we play them tonight, of course, December the 12th and March 21st. Two games in Vegas. One in Minnesota. We'll see what happens. So they, there will be a definitive winner of this series one way or another because of the odd number. Minnesota 6th in goals, 12th for Vegas, 23rd against for Minnesota, 26th. Robin Leonard not so good for Vegas. Something had to give, and it does look like Fleury. Fleury's fallen off the face of the earth in Chicago thus far, but everybody has. Chicago sucks right now, and all of us had them in the playoffs. Looks like we're all idiots, huh? 7th in assists for Minnesota, 17th for Vegas. Power play, Minnesota's 13th compared to last year being like dead last for forever. 13th. And Vegas is 28th. Boy, they're struggling and everything. Minnesota, after the awful start with a penalty kill. Historically bad start down in the 60s. The mid-60s were up to 77.3. We're ahead of Vegas, 22nd to 23rd. Penalty minutes, we are we are undisciplined a little bit. 27th place, you know, that's in bad. The more penalty minutes, the worst. Vegas ninth. That's the one category they're actually ahead of Minnesota in shooting percentage, 15 to 23, 20, 15 to 23rd. We're dead, right dead in the middle in shooting percentage. Good for us. We're, of course, 4-1 and one in our last five. Minnesota can and should be able to beat the Vegas Golden Knights. They are limited. 
The vibe isn't so great, even though they're playing a lot better, uh, generally speaking. Laurent Brossard, I believe he is a former Winnipeg Jet, hasn't been so hot. Three and a half goals against. Leonard's been a little better lately. Thanks thanks for that, I guess. 2.72 goals against average. Save percentage is 90, but he must be giving up a billion shots. Or no, his team is. He's facing a billion shots. And that's why the goals against average is up. Uh, but the save percentage is, is high as well. So, quite interesting. Minnesota will have some chances against Leonard. So let's go out and, and get the job done. Minnesota's had wonderful success against Vegas. And we've had some wonderful back-and-forth games last year during the course of the season. I mean, it felt like a seven-game series the whole season. If we play Vegas, it's going to go seven, and it did. Unfortunately, Minnesota came out short. I think the Wild win tonight and go to 10-3. and Cam Talbot will be in net. He did very well against Vegas the whole postseason. Uh, I expect Jewel Erickson to be the most likely guy to score. He played fantastic against Vegas last year, and I don't think that's going to change. I think Jewel Erickson scores tonight, the most likely guy, and Minnesota comes out with a 4-3 to three victory over the Vegas Golden Knights. Maybe it goes to OT or to the shootout, but I think the Wild win this thing in close fashion over the Golden Knights. Now, Seattle Kraken again. <clears throat> Let's play a little better than this this time, huh? I think we have a little bit more of a full staff. Saturday, the 13th of November, eh? we played one game against Seattle. It was a 4-1 four, uh, four to one nasty bullcrap game. Matt Boldy fractured left ankle. Jordan, yeah, Jordan Greenway's back. Ryan Donato's got an upper body injury as of the 6th. Mason Appleton, October 26th. Undisclosed injury left the game. Wow, that doesn't sound good. Lower body injury left the game on April the 9th for Yanni Gudre. Yanni. Well, does he play good music? Okay, sorry, Yanni. I just get a kick out of that. Let's look at the Vegas injury report. I didn't even look at that. I apologize. Yeah, well, I already talked about it. Yeah. They're not even showing the important ones, actually. <laughs> Not that these guys aren't important, but they're less important than the ones I mentioned. Obviously, no pass already. Stone and all of them. We'll see what happens. Watch watch them play tonight and kick our butts. That actually could happen. Maybe that's what's going on. Apologize about that, but that definitely leads to a crappy start. Now, Ryan Donato, the first goal scorer in the history of the Seattle Kraken. Probably will not be playing against his former club. So they're playing second game tonight, and April 22nd will be the season wrap-up. Hopefully Minnesota can still win the series. Seattle is 1-4 and four in their last five. They lost to the Rangers on Halloween, 3-1. 5-2 loss to Edmonton, who's playing insanely good. Minnesota and Edmonton are leading the Campbell Conference. No, the, the, the Western Conference, I'm just kidding. The Seattle Kraken beat Buffalo 5-2, and they lose to Arizona. Wow, 5-4 loss in Arizona. Hmm, Wow. Vegas. At Vegas, 4-2 loss most recently on Tuesday night. Um, Edmonton's good. It'd be cool if Minnesota and Edmonton in the conference finals. Sounds That sounds familiar. Minnesota versus Edmonton in the conference final. Huh. I think the North Stars won that four games to one, didn't they? Yes, they did, and I know that by heart. Not that you care. Seattle Kraken. Phil Grubauer definitely settling down after a crappy start, and that's just generally how things are going. Chris Dreger got beat the other night by the Vegas Golden Knights. Jordan Eberle, not super surprising, leading the club in scoring. Brandon Tanev has added two assists. He's been generous. Two assists uh, to his six goals, but Eberle has been the main dude. Seven goals, two assists thus far. Jaden Schwartz has been solid, obviously, with eight points. Yanni, again, playing that classical music with seven points. Yanni Gordet. <laughs> Vince Don, the former St. Louis Blue 
with four points. Ryan Donato, four points, two goals. Again, two of the goals, or one of the goals, obviously, first ever in the history of the Kraken. Carson Soucy has been in and out of the lineup, but he's, I don't know. I hope the Wild do trade for him, actually. I'd say that would be a good idea. Two goals and no assists in eight games so far. Carson Soucy. Why don't you just take Greenway instead? But, of course, we didn't protect, or we did protect Greenway. I told you so. All of you that were saying, we should have, uh, that were saying, yeah, well, you're an idiot if you leave Greenway open and protect Susie. I don't know. I told you so. Okay, maybe maybe I didn't told you so, though, if you can't even crack the lineup with Seattle. But they, they have a pretty good depth in defense. Definitely a defensive-minded team, despite the fact they're giving up points. It is what it is. It just kind of is. Seattle, let's get to the matchup a bit. Minnesota 6, Seattle 12 for goals. Goals against 28th for Seattle. Uh, 20th in assists. Wild are 7th. Shooting percentage were both in the middle, basically. Penalty minutes were both really bad. Seattle's the worst in the league. Penalty kill were both uh, were 22nd. They're 20th, so slightly better. Power play, they are the worst in the league at 9.5. And the Wild are 13th. Beat the Seattle Kraken, okay? We have to go to Climate Pledge Arena. That's great. Climate Pledge Arena. That's just great. Um, we, we get to go there. How about... <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just looking at stuff. Um, just beat the Seattle Kraken this time. I gotta think the Wild can get this done. I can't pick a win every day, and I'm certainly not going to. Some of these matchups aren't going to be perfect. The Wild should be able to go 3-1 and one this week, though. The Wild need to beat the Seattle Kraken. Get back at these sons of guns and shut these annoying, obnoxious fans up. I'm, I know you're happy to have hockey back, but don't be jerks. Come on. I know, obviously, a Pittsburgh Penguins fan was flipping off... Uh, Ryan Hartman, I believe it was, when the Wild tied it up. It's like, that's classy. Or was it Bukestad after the uh, shootout win? I can't remember. Uh, one way or another. Um, Seattle Kraken fans, yuck. Uh, but I think the Wild do get it done. 3-2 to two over Seattle. 3-2 to would be a lower scoring game. I wouldn't mind seeing Cabo Kakinen in that again. Get him more and more between the pipes. Why overuse uh, Cam Talbot? It's not going to help. It, it doesn't help. So what's the point, quite frankly? San Jose Sharks, the Shark Tank. The Shark Tank. Mm, they're way better. They're way, way, way better this year. 7-4-1, and, and I'm happy for Brent Burns. 16th Tuesday, so quite a few days off. Leading in Tino Meyer, who's got COVID protocol. Kevin LeBanc, COVID protocol. Maybe Tino will be back. Timo will be back by then. He's been great for the Sharks. And Radim Simic are oot at the moment. San Jose, 3-2 and two in their last five. They beat Calgary, 4-1 uh, most recently. Lost to New Jersey on November the 6th. Lost to St. Louis on the 4th. Beat Buffalo 5-3 and beat Winnipeg on October the 30th. Sharks are 12th in goals, 8th in goals against. 8th in goals against for the Sharks. 8th. Last year they were like, uh, you know, Arizona, like way down there. Assists, they have 13th. Shooting percentage, 10th. Penalty minutes, 11th. Wow, a little more discipline. Penalty kill, 2nd in the league. That will help your goals against. Power play, 15th, right about by the Wild. Brent Burns, as uh, Jacques Lemaire used to say, it has 10 assists on the season already. Three games at this club, November 16th, December 9th, and April 17th. April 17th, that's actually my wife's birthday. I won't tell you how old she is because it's none of your business, damn it. San Jose Sharks, though, wow. James Reimer, nice job, and Aiden Hill's been good, too. You know, good job, San Jose. I'm happy for that. Aiden Hill is a shutout on the season, but his goals against average is almost at three. For James Reimer, 1.6 on the year. Good job. Aiden Hill has actually been seeing most of the action, but they, they, they've been splitting. 
A little bit of a uh, little bit of Manny Fernandez and Dwayne Rollison action going on there. Timo Meyer, despite missing four games in a row, 11 points still leads the club, tied with Logan Couture and Brent Bors. Brent Bors. Uh, Thomas Hurdle, the guy everybody wants to be our center, has six goals on the season to lead the club. And Jonathan Dolan sounds very familiar last name. Uh, has also <laughs> six goals on the season. Eric Carlson also COVID protocol, seven games, six points already though. Eric Carlson off to a good start before that. Unfortunately, Andrew Cagliano, former uh, Anaheim Duck, also on the Sharks now. I better get moving. Uh, Wild will beat the Sharks, I hope. But no, I, I think this is the game the Sharks win. I think the Sharks beat the Wild 4-2, to two, unfortunately. Uh, I, I just feel that right now. I think the Sharks beat the Wild 4-2. to two. Most likely guy to score in the game will be Kevin Fiala. Dallas Stars. We better move quickly. I am taking way too long. I'm just as bad as uh, Spoke Z right now. <laughs> he takes forever on his show. But everybody loves it, right? Dallas Stars, 4-6-2. They're off to an awful start. And Ben Bishop has been out since 1991, I think. I don't think he's ever going to play again. Like, what happened? Has he ever, you know, geez. They're, they're, they don't score goals at all. They have 26 goals in the season. What the heck? They're terrible. Goals against, they're tied with the Wild. Assists, yeah. There's just not much offense basically right now in Dallas. Their goals, their their goalie, their goaltending is decent, but they're uh, well, it's decent. It's just okay that they don't score at all. Wild need to take advantage. Hope we get a shutout for Cam Talbot. Wouldn't that be cool? Picking a shutout. Can I pick a shutout in a game? Braden Holtby, he's ancient as well or older anyway. Two and a half goals against Hudobin, not doing good so far. Um, you know, three point two seven goals against average save percentage, eighty eight percent. Heskinen, a defenseman is leading the club in scoring. He's a hell of a player, but man, nobody else is doing really a whole lot of anything. Sagan's only 7 in 12 games. Ha ha, Ryan Suter. How does it feel, Ryan Suter, to be on a team that doesn't score <laughs> 6 points in 12 games? He's on pace for 41 points in the season, which sounds about like Ryan Suter. 40 to 50 points. So we'll get to have a nice, honorable tribute to Ryan Suter. And it should be... Uh, no, let's just leave that alone. <laughs> the dictator, Ryan Suter returns. The dictator. Ah, Octum, Octum. Okay, sorry. Yeah, he was a bit of a dictator, wasn't he? Minutes, locker room, this and that. I don't miss him too much. I, I really don't. The third in the power play. So they kind of sound like the wilder than in Jacques Lemaire era. Didn't score a lot of goals, but they got they got power plays. They were good on special teams for the most part. Uh, I think they were, we were like number one in penalty kill and were decent in the power play sometimes. The Wild should be able to beat the Stars. I'm expecting a 3-1 to one victory. Wild beat the Stars. Most likely guy to score, Matt Dumba. Matt Dumba will get at least his third goal of the season. The Wild beat the Dallas Stars and go 3-1 and one on the season. I better get the heck moving now onto the prospect segment. And it's time to talk prospects a little bit. Obviously, you guys... Uh, all over the place. Ivan Lodnia, you got to check up on him. Is he finally doing anything? Looks like nothing's going on yet. Hasn't reported or anything. Mason Shaw. Let's go to Iowa right away like I used to do traditionally. Mason Shaw has been insane. Nick Sweeney's been insane. Both leading the club in scoring. And it's this, this guy, this, this guy from Austria that was taken in the draft a year and a half, uh, well, about a calendar year ago. Yeah, he's, he's got nine points in seven games. He's, he's, he's okay. Yeah, it's Marco Rossi. Eh. Yeah, he is, his passing skills have been insane. Uh, guys have been blown away about that. Um, very exciting to see what Rossi's brought. Mason Shaw has been fantastic. Nick Sweeney was on an incredible hot streak. 
Still got more goals than uh, got more points than games. Ten points in nine games. Same with Mason Shaw. Two guys that uh, I hope see NHL action someday soon. Marco Rossi obviously will. He's a stud already. <laughs> He's already over a point a game. I mean, really, really impressed with uh, Marco Rossi missing two games early on. Joe Hicketts has been a nice revelation as well. Power play quarterback, been great. Eight points in eight games. Three of them goals. Joe Hicketts. Former Detroit Red Wing and in their system, 25 years of age from Kamloops. Sounds very familiar. Some of the prospects playing for Kamloops in the juniors Duh, in the Western Hockey League. Pretty cool stuff. We'll talk about them very shortly. Connor DeWeer had been busy with Minnesota, but he's at a point a game in uh, Iowa now. Five points in five games. Wow, it's been it's been nice. There's a lot of hope. It's just they're just not winning a whole lot, unfortunately. Beckman again at that nice cool assist that helps get the Wild to tie the Pittsburgh Penguins. Back in Iowa, a point a game. Oh, no, he's not. He's not. Uh, three points in five games, but I'm sure that'll catch up. Dominic Turgeon is back. He's at two points now after scoring a goal in one game. Okay, Kalen Addison has actually well, actually looked better with Minnesota than he did with Iowa. But I kind of saved the Kalen Addison conversation for here. Uh, so far, only two assists in Iowa. But it's, again, it's good to see him continue to develop in Iowa rather than just being on the third line. But, hey, even if he's on the uh, third pairing part of me, He's still getting ice time. He still can get points, but he won't get as many opportunities to uh, be on the power play and such because that's what Kalen Addison is going to be. Uh, everybody knows it. Everybody sees it. Uh, the mustache is gone for some reason. Well, maybe it'll come back at some point, but uh, Kalen Addison, looking forward to what he will bring. Will Bidden's a nice sneaky, sneaky prospect as well. Four points in nine games. Not great numbers, but his overall game is, is uh, you know, there's, there's something there, and people are excited about it. Goaltending situation, Andrew Hammond's not up to a good start. Almost three and a half goals a game. He's obviously not a prospect, but just figured I'd bring him up. Derek Barabow, you never know. One of those free agents, maybe he emerges and becomes a nice backup NHL goalie. 2.61. He's been the better of the two. Iowa's been winning more lately, but they haven't been that great. Five and three on the season. They're not blowing me away yet, but uh, at least certain players are having a fantastic run thus far. That's Iowa. Let's uh, talk about Alexander Hovanov. He was, uh, he's now on Iowa again after getting an, an assist in two games with the ECHL's Iowa Heartlanders. Interestingly, how a Heartlander becomes a buck, a deer, a male deer, <laughs> I guess. Um, I guess that's their mascot. Uh, but Hovanov is in the AHL at the moment, but he did not play in the first game. He was a member of the Iowa Wild, so we're still waiting on Hovey to see what he can do in the AHL. I'm just happy he's in North America, and I hope that continues to uh, head in the right direction, big time. We'll start to head into college and then wrap up with Europe, if humanly possible. Jack McBain, not because uh, he's definitely he definitely cooled down the past week, only one game and no points, but had 14 points in nine games. Off to a great start on the season. Jack McBain's senior now, and he's the leading scorer for Boston College. We're a few years back. That was like a pipe dream, imagining Jack McBean as a leading scorer. I still see him as a bottom six center, like third line center in the NHL, fourth line center, but maybe a uh, third line center. But showing some scoring ability on the top line for Boston College. Very impressive. Thus far, Nikita Nesterenko is also a member of Boston College. Eight points on the season, three of them goals in the ten games he's played thus far. Six foot two center has been playing left wing for Boston College, obviously uh, not getting as many opportunities as, say, Jack McBain, but Boston College did not have a great weekend either at the end of the day. Marshall Warren, Boston College, Boston College, 
uh, off to a strong start, slowed, tapered off a little bit, but still has got that offensive ability. There's no question about that. He's taken a step forward each year he's been in Boston College, and I look forward to what he can do. Five foot eleven left shot defenseman. We'll see what he can do in the NHL. He'd been a plus twenty two and a plus three. Uh, plus twenty two as a freshman. Boston College was elite. Thirteen last year in less games because of you know late start to the season and only plus one thus far. So Boston obviously not as prolific as they were a year ago, but still some talent there. No question. A boot. That. <laughs> a boot. Right. Okay. I apologize for that. Um, Vladislav Firstov, another college guy, of course, from Russia, Yaroslavo, Russia. Uh, <laughs> seven points on the season, five goals. Definitely goal scorers mentality, though last year he was more in the assist category. Uh, he is an even. He's not plus or minus thus far in the nine games he's played for the U of Connecticut. Already a junior, so we'll see what happens. Firstov, he's, yeah, there's definitely ability there, but he, he isn't standing out spectacularly thus far, unfortunately. At least that's how I see things. College, college, college. Jack Pert. Jack Pert. Wow, I mean, he's awesome. Uh, he's been solid. Uh, plus two so far. Definitely got the ability. Only seven games and four points so far for him. I was looking at something else. So he hasn't been spectacular, but obviously less opportunities as a freshman and banged up a bit, unfortunately. But still, very, very uh, solid start as a freshman for St. Cloud State Huskies. I believe that's it for college, and I apologize if I'm messing that up. Let's get back to the uh, ECHL for a second before I head to Europe. And well, no juniors, juniors, and then Europe. ECHL Hunter Jones. Yep, that's an important one. Iowa Heartlanders. Oh, yeah, they're not real good, and neither is Hunter Jones so far. Five point seventeen goals against average, eighty-six percent save percentage. Uh, Bryce Misley, five points in eight games. Mis Misley, pardon me. I apologize, Bryce, and to your father as well, um, who I believe follows me on uh, Twitter, at Brave the Wild. Bryce Mis Misley, five points, two goals in eight games thus far. But, I don't know, it's not a, it's not been good so far this season. I remember Hovey, obviously, two games and one assist. And Fedor Gordiev, the big, big defenseman, six foot six, 240. Woo! One goal, one assist in eight games. Fedor Gordiev, but he's stuck in the AHL. Hunter Jones, man, both goalies are giving up over five goals a game. Okay. Wow. That's great. Over five goals a game. So it's not just Hunter Jones. So Hunter, misery loves company, buddy. Your, your, your goaltending partner has even got even worse goals against average. Uh, that sucks. Oh, I feel for you. I do. Uh, juniors. Junior. Juniors. Carson Lambos. That's his, uh, yep. People have been calling him the uh, future uh, star defenseman, top uh, you know, top pairing defenseman for Minnesota. Well, he might be the Ryan Suter replacement because he's a left shot from Winnipeg, Manitoba, and he's playing for the Winnipeg Ice. That'd be like if there was a Golden Valley Junior team and I got to play for. Okay, let's be quiet. Five goals, eleven assists. He's a plus seventeen on the season. He's just been absolutely great for the very creatively named Winnipeg Ice. Very creative name, but uh, who cares? He's been doing great. Carson Lambos, everyone's very much looking forward to what he can do. Uh, just getting started as a professional prospect, and holy crap, is he awesome. Uh, very, very nice draft pick by Garen and, of course, uh, Judd Brackett. Oh, boy. Let's go to Kamloops. Yes, sir, Kamloops. Oh, love him. WHL. 
Caden Bankier and Josh Pilar. I just, I love both of these guys. Caden Bankier, already 16 points on the season. Again, a tough, tough player. Very, very skilled. He's a big, uh, good size as well. 16 points in 13 games. Seven goals already for him. Josh Pilar, 21 points in 13 games. Can I, can I say it again? Josh Pilar, what an awesome week. I actually voted for him, kind of, but then I ended up giving it to Jesper Wallstead, who had two shutouts this week for the, uh, MNW Prospects Player of the Week, Prospect of the Week, Josh Pilar. Just what a big week. Uh, he's been huge. 21 points already in only 13 games for the Winnipeg, uh, the Kamloops Blazers, pardon me. Much cooler name than the Winnipeg Ice. Much cooler name. In my opinion, damn it, wrong person. Kyle Mostas, who's also showing some grit so far for the Red Deer Rebels, also in the WHL. We love that WHL, don't we? <laughs> but Judd Brackett, I believe he worked in, didn't he work in Vancouver? So that would kind of make sense. Four points in 18 games so far for Kyle Mostas. He was able to get a goal early on. And Nate Benoit, again, quiet. Very, very quiet. Stay-at-home type of guy. No points in 11 games. So I believe that's it for juniors. Nope, Damon Hunt for sure. Damon Hunt, again, also solid, solid defenseman. Everybody loves his ability. He's a physical guy who can actually get stuff done. Uh, put, the, put points on the board. Seven points already for Moose Jaw in only 10 games. Three of them goals. Obviously, nice shot from Damon Hunt. Bubble Novak, Novak, pardon me, a Czech player, but is playing in juniors. He's been really good, really strong in only 10 games. 14 points already. Seven goals, seven assists, balancing things out. Right shot, right winger. Pavel Novak is a guy who's definitely got NHL potential out of the fifth round. 146 pick. Still got potential. That whole draft looks great. Ryan O'Rourke, let's not forget him. OHL, he is really putting points on the board thus far. And most people don't think of him as an offensive player because he's so sound defensively. He's so smart, high IQ. And he was really solid in the AHL last year. AHL. Let's not forget what the AHL is. One step away from the National Hockey League, folks. One step. And he was a plus two. Just put that in perspective. It's not like Iowa was, like, re-ruling the league last year. They were okay. You know, they were good, but not great. Sue Greyhounds, though, uh, 11 points, two of them goals so far in the OHL. He's done a bit of everything. He's Mr. Everything for the Sioux Greyhounds as a top, top defenseman. Future possibly captain of the Wild. Maybe. One day. Maybe. Let's go to Europe now, if humanly possible. Jesper Wallstead, he is the top European prospect for Minnesota. A couple of shutouts this past week. A couple of shutouts this past week. 1.6 goals against average. 1.69. Save percentage, 92.4. He is 8-4 on the season. Jesper Wallstead has uh, obviously got a bright future, and we're looking forward to what he can do. Who's Nadinov, one of the best skaters you'll ever see. And he's defensively sound, and he's got some offensive ability as well. Already 11 points, and this is the KHL at age 19. So put that into perspective. It's, he's not 23 like a real Kaprizov, or 22 like Kaprizov was when you started really seeing the potential. He's 19. So who's who knows what type of bright future Huznadinov may have going forward. And again, people that were kind of thinking, man, I hope we didn't screw up by giving up uh, Luke Cunning, but don't forget that draft pick we got for uh, the Luke Cunning trade. It wasn't about Nick Benino. Nick Benino was a Band-Aid. Marit Huznadinov was the real reason for that trade. So don't forget don't forget that. Uh, I think Huznadinov's got a much, much brighter future than Luke Cunning. It's just unfortunate you got to wait. So that's that's how that goes. That's life in the city, folks. And I think I'm done looking around 
in those categories, at least for major prospects. Most of the other guys are in college. Oh, yeah, Matt Vyguskov, again, kind of a gritty player, only five points so far, but it's, it is in the professional, KHL, 20, uh, 20 years old. He doesn't really stand out, but there, there's some strength there. Uh, there's in that he's got some size and some ability. We'll see. Kind of a wait and see on that one. Uh, he's not super high on my list necessarily for wild prospects. Uh, okay, Philip Johansson. Yep, still seven points in 17 games now for him. Two of them goals. Quieted down a bit. And Simon Johansson, who hasn't done a whole lot. Unfortunately, he's been kind of, uh, yep, he's stuck at four points in 20 games. He's been kind of getting moved around a little bit as well. So Philip Johansson got up to a great start and then it slowed down a bit. I'm, I'm not too surprised. That's just kind of how that goes. So with that, we'll wrap up the prospects and get to fan interaction after this. And we are back here on Brave the Wild. Segment number three, final segment, fan interaction. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is a Twitter account. I also want to encourage you to join Crypto.com. It's a, it's an application on Apple or Android, of course. Of course, it's going to be on both. You ever been interested in uh, cryptocurrency? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously a member of the uh, the whole thing, and I've made, I've definitely made a few thousand dollars on it already, which is nice. Uh, I'm not just here trying to sell you something, but at the same time, I suppose that's what an ad is. Uh, this is just kind of me on my own doing this. Uh, Crypto.com, I, I just think it's, you know, there's some golden opportunities to get into cryptocurrency. You can still get into Bitcoin. Obviously, that's kind of high, $65,000 a coin. That's kind of crazy. But, of course, you could buy tiny fractions of it. So don't worry about that. You don't have to have sixty-five grand to buy a, to buy anything. Uh, there's Shiba Inu. Inu. The ticker for that is SHIB. That one's way down in the sub pennies, which has tons of potential because the lower the value is at the moment, uh, it has tons of potential with this one because a lot of people are interested in it, and it has gone on a great run. And a lot of people believe it could go way up, all the way up to even a penny, which you'd make so much money off of. Similar with uh, Dojal on Mars. That one's even lower in terms of where it can go way, way up, obviously. It's all about the percentage. The thing ticks a couple times. You make hundreds to thousands of dollars. Uh, so, And you can always sell, obviously, as well. <laughs> if you want to make a quick buck or hang in there to try to make big bucks, this and that, you can do a bit of that. So I'll put a referral link in the show description. Please do join because, uh, hey, both of us would get $25. Both of us would get $25 if you join and, and use the referral that I'll have on there. Uh, the uh, referral link is a little um, group of, uh, it's like a group of letters in this one, MT4YSJ25PP7, but there'll be a link there, because you'll be like, okay, why, why do I, you know, that's kind of weird, how am I going to remember that? But of course, everything will be in the show description. Fan interaction, yeah, please do join though, it's fun, it's fun, and you don't have to, you know, nobody's telling you you've got to put in thousands of dollars into anything. You could be extremely conservative, you know, like like a hundred bucks, fifty bucks here and there. Who cares? You know, a tiny bit out of your paycheck every two weeks or so. You know, you're not going to miss that, and you might end up being something of serious value. Derek Felska at Crease and Assist at Crease and Assist says, "Got a Minnesota Wild question on your mind? Just tag your questions and ask away. Uh, tag them hashtag BTWMN BTWMN. Please keep doing that, Dozy out there. That's really appreciated. And thank you so much, Derek. 
of the Crease and Assist uh, blog or articles on the Sports Daily. Highly recommended, of course. Game reviews by Derek and game previews by Teresa Ferries uh, for Brave uh, for Minnesota Wild, pardon me. And, of course, stories also written by Derek Felska and Teresa on there. Highly, highly recommended. They do a really good job. He's also covering high school hockey as well. I've been sharing links to that on Facebook, maybe on Twitter as well. I should, I should do that as well. That would be the right thing to do. Uh, also, major shout-out to MNW Prospects. Hashtag, uh, excuse me, at MNW Prospects. Me, uh, Pavel Bennett, Justin Bakke, Brandon Quast, all cover the Minnesota Wild Prospects. Generally, I cover in the, uh, what was it, the Q and BCHL, but we don't have any prospects in those at the moment. We'll see if uh, they want me to co- uh, help cover one of the others, like ECHL, AHL, uh, you know, and such. Even prospects in the NHL already, which uh, there aren't too many of those at the moment, but, um, you know, and in Europe and such. So that's uh, highly recommended. Very proud to be a part of that. Derek asks, says, did the Vo- did the Vegas Golden Knights give up too much for Jack Eichel? Probably. <laughs> Probably. I don't know what to think of Jack Eichel because of the neck injury situation. It's kind of like, put it this way, if he emerges as the Jack Eichel a lot of us believe he could be, they didn't overpay. But if he's, you know, if he's any type of, uh, if he's disappointing or frustrating or whatever, you know, and it, or he's injured all the time, then they, they definitely gave him way too much because they gave up a lot for Jack Eichel. There's no question about that. Obviously, Jack Eichel, his career high is 82 points. So, to me, I'm I'm a little skeptical. He's 25 already. I'm a little skeptical. He doesn't stand out like he's like a super-duper star to me. So, I would say, long story longer, as I keep babbling, they probably did overpay for him. Yeah, they probably did. But uh, I guess it's all wait and see. I'm glad the Minnesota Wild didn't do that. I'm glad we didn't give up Rossi Boldy and Fiala or something for him. Wouldn't that be crazy? That's probably about what would have happened. Yeah, we got Jack Eichel. Yeah, Rossi, Boldy, Fiala. Wow, look at Buffalo in the next three years or so. Jeez. Or less. Less than three years. So that's one way to look at it. I hope I didn't just lose everything. No, I didn't. Okay. Derek Felska. Alexander Hovanov got called up to play for the Iowa Wild but never got in any games. Also, supposedly a drive to training camp out of shape. What odds do you, would you give him of ever playing for the Minnesota Wild? They've definitely dropped off, haven't they? He's starting to sound like Sokolov a little bit, where it's like, all right, here we go, here we go. He's, he's boy, what a nice job he did in juniors. Here he comes. That's it? Oh. Oh, well, he's, he's, he's in out of shape, and, and now he's hurt, and, and then there's this, and then there's that. I would say it's dropped off significantly. Maybe, like, he's still a higher-end prospect than... Um, Obviously, then, like Sokolov, he was a seventh-round flyer. Like, oh, what the hell? He scored. He he can score fifty goals in the, in the OHL. So you never know. Maybe maybe we struck gold here. But um, obviously, give it time. Hope for the best. He's still very young. He's certainly got ability. He needs to get his head out of his ass, and he better do it right now, though. He better do it right now, because that, that's bull crap. You know, I mean, come on, man. Come on, Hovanov. And it was disappointing. It sounded like he was kind of a problem in the past also with uh, Torch over in the juniors. Like, come on, dude. So that's disappointing. I'd say his odds are 25% chance to make the NHL. That's just kind of throwing a dart at the wall right now at the end of the day. Um, yeah, yep, yep. Next time I have Derek on, yeah, we, we should talk about holding up here what he has to say as well about him and some prospects. I think we could just go on and on about prospects. That'd be kind of fun. Maybe just just have a 
prospect only show or something sometime with uh, me and Derek. That'd be cool. Uh, some sometime in the future. I'm not sure when because just but coming up maybe in the winter. Jade Bushy says, like all the balance. I, I like all the balance scoring, but in order for the uh, Minnesota Wild to be a contender. Kaprizov and Fiala need to start producing more consistently. Your thoughts? Well, they definitely do, because without them, we're going to have trouble scoring at times. I mean, luckily, there are other pieces. There is depth. We've had Ryan Hartman. We've had Ryan Hartman. We've seen Jewel Jewelers and I get hot. We've seen Felino get hot. So we're thanking God we have that. You might see Dumba get hot, continue to get hotter and this and that. But obviously, to, to make a real run, to be successful in the postseason, you need those guys to step up. Had they stepped up last year in the postseason, I think the Wild knocked Vegas out in six. What do you think of that? There is no seventh game. We actually beat them in six last year at the end of the day. Um, they're producing uh, They're producing to a point, but not what you'd expect. In fact, five total goals when you combine it would be 24 games each of the two players. So that's disappointing. But again, luckily there are other guys on this team that can score. Thank God. Erickson Eck with five, Hartman with six, and Felino with five. So there's something there, obviously. So if, if they do come around, it's a major bonus, obviously. And it should be. It should be expected. It shouldn't be a bonus. But if we're nine and three right now with just the five goals combined, that it's hopeful at the end of the day. Uh, it would be nice in a big way. Brian Herrera, great, welcome back. Great to hear from you. He says, if you could challenge Kirill in any non-hockey or any sport video game, what would he pick? What would he pick? Hmm. Any non-hockey or any sport video game. I'm imagining him picking... Oh, man. I'm a, let me think about this for about three seconds. Why? I'm, maybe I see him liking basketball a little bit. Some hockey players do. Even though they're like, yeah, because it's like the other sport. It's the other side. Maybe he would be good at it. And it, it wouldn't surprise me all that much. Obviously, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know if he'd play baseball. I, I, I can't see that. I think it would be basketball, actually. I can imagine him, like, shooting three-pointers and stuff and dribbling and all that, dribbling all over the place, dribbling between his legs and behind his back. Uh, and obviously, it would be just a video game, so I'm an idiot for babbling about what sport he would actually play. But I think it would be basketball. I could imagine him playing like 2K, you know, NBA 2K something with you at the end of the day. I, I could imagine that. Derek Felska says, what version of the Minnesota Wild jersey is the best one ever, in your opinion? Best Wild jersey ever. Um, and any, so it could be anything, right? I'd probably go with the ones we had last year with the, uh, you know, the, the North Star colors. I think those are number one all time. Number two... I think they were the ones we played in was at the stadium series against the Blackhawks. Those were great. Not everybody liked those, but I liked them. I thought they were awesome. Those are probably the two best versions ever of the Wild. But yeah, number one would be the North Star Colors last year. If we're talking like regular, regular jerseys that we wear all the time on a daily basis, I'm going to go with the current, believe it or not, current green ones. The current green ones I think are the best uh, so far. The, my least favorite would be the red at first, it was like, wow, that is really cool. Look how fancy that looks. That's really nice. And you got that old school look, and you got this, and you got the, the, the laces on top. 
And then it's like they started wearing them in every Mickey freaking game. And it's like the wild aren't supposed to be red. They're supposed to be green. This is boring. Get rid of these. I'm sick of it. Especially how boring the team was for so long, too. Like Koivu in the red and, and this and that. And I got so sick of those red jerseys. So when they finally got rid of them, I was like, yes! Because it's like, why are we going from a green team to a red team? Like, this drives me nuts. On Yahoo Sports, they show us as red all the time. You know, like all the, you know, like the the border lines or whatever, the, the whatever the heck they call it, siding, the line, whatever. It's red. Why is it red? We're not red. We're green. We're forest green. It's, it's probably because, uh, I don't know if it would blend too much in with the uh, photos, but we're red. We're not red. We're green, damn it. So I hate that. I hate that, how the identity of the wild got changed so much during that time. So that would be my least favorite. Number one, all time, North Star colors. And number one of like regular jerseys would be definitely the current green, if you can believe it. Uh, okay, let's go. Ty Sandstrom says, the Wild are 8-3, and three, about to be 9-3. and three. Yep, that was with the uh, Phoenix, Arizona, excuse me, team. Uh, what part of their game are you most disappointed or critical of? What do they need to improve to that regard? For the longest time, it would have been the penalty kill. I was like, holy crap, what's going on here? Um, I would say defensively, they're not so hot. I, I'm, I'm disappointed defensively. You're not seeing the same ability. You're not seeing the same shutdown ability that we saw for many, many years. That's the one disappointment. But i, I got to think that's going to get better during the course of the season. We might even make a trade. You never know for a defenseman, you know, like we did with Ian Cole last year. There might be a small end trade like that. Maybe you bring Carson Susie back, something like that. Because Susie is pretty solid defensively. But I, I would just generally say defenseman, defense, defensibility, uh, defensively, pardon me. They've been just, you know, they haven't been that hot. And it makes the goaltenders look worse. I would have to say, like, Dubnik made everybody look worse. He was, he was terrible. Um, where this year, I think Talbot and Kakadin have been pretty damn good, generally. Obviously, Kakadin was awful against Nashville, but since then, he's been good. Ty Sandstrom said, oh, it's the same one. Uh, it's, a, <laughs> it's weird how that did that. Okay, he was sharing something. Ty Sandstrom, when are the Coyotes moving to Houston? This is for my own selfish reasons. I'd love to have an NHL team just three-hour drive away. Ah, okay, so you live down there, huh? I'm not too excited about the thought of Houston having hockey, but for your sake, for your sake, maybe in the next couple of years, <laughs> I was kind of hoping they would move to Canada. I don't know, like to Quebec City. I was kind of hoping that. I don't know. Otherwise, I like having Arizona in the NHL. I, I do, but if they do move to Houston, it probably won't be too far uh, too far from now, I'm guessing. If they are going to move, it probably isn't too far away because everything is negative there right now, unfortunately. That is a funny little question, though, and I, I wouldn't blame you for that. It'd be like us driving to Duluth. You can go see the Duluth Wild. Like, say, if Duluth is a bigger city. Final question in the hashtag Brave uh, BTWMN. Derek Felska says, what are your minimum expectations in order for Karul Kaprizov to justify his 9.5 million a season contract? At least 35 goals. At least 35 goals and at like eh, 75 to 80 points, I would say. Those would be my minimum expectations. Uh, let, let's say 70 points minimum. If you're saying minimum, apologize for that. Minimum, yeah, like 35 points, goals, 35 assists, 70 points. That's minimum expectations. I think, you know, I, I obviously would, my general expectations are in the 80s, though. He's, he's, he's got to be in the 80s, right? Over a point a game, 85 points, 90 points. Damn it. Yes. Yes. 
those are my absolute those are my general expectations or minimal like at least 70 man come on 35 35 that would be pretty disappointing though but i suppose if he brings really solid defense and and just kind of makes other players better and to create scoring chances for others maybe they don't all uh pan out it's not his fault that he doesn't get 80 because of that reason and some of those but um yeah that's uh, that's how I stand with that. I'm gonna check the notifications a little bit. It's probably a little too busy. That's the problem. Where most of it's guys, people sharing stuff. Oh, thanks for the follow, Ruin Borgen. Um. Oh yeah, I was ripping on that stupid ass uh, Discover card commercial. You know, it's one thing if you advertise for Discover, but that same stupid one, that Mo Money, Mo Money or whatever. It's so annoying. Oh my God, I hate it. I was ripping about that. I hate that commercial. I hope I'm not the only person. I hope I'm not some mean person. I think, yeah, because this gets a little bit too busy and I won't find what I'm looking for because of all the other people sharing stuff. It just kind of finds up, winds up in my uh, feed. Thank you, Minnesota Wild Nation. Okay, here we go, black space. Someone should tell him that the whole game is overtime, LOL. That would be, I would say, Talbot has been unbelievable in overtime. Yeah, because he had that, yep, he wasn't so good during the game. That was a while back. Who was that against? November 7th. Who was that against? Let's see real quick. Uh, I think I, yep, it was one of those, obviously it was one of those overtime games. That damn thing is freezing on me. That's real. Well, not freezing, but it didn't go where I wanted it to. That must have been Ottawa, yeah. He was making some damn good saves in overtime. Yep, I think that was Ottawa. The date, though, is confusing me. November 7th? Hmm. Can't be. Okay, yeah, okay, Pittsburgh. That was Pittsburgh, yeah. He wasn't so good in Pittsburgh, was he? That's what it was. It was the Pittsburgh game. Yep, yeah, that is funny, and I agree with you, Sebastian. Sebastian Barton, that's Black Space. Okay, uh, Tom Han was saying, now that he's got one, okay, Calder goes nuts, scores seven tonight. <laughs> it's a wild win, Tom Hain. Wild wins 13 to 2, yep. I wish. That'd be nice. Oop, that would be nice, yep. I think that's it, though. Most of it's just kind of back and forth with uh, other people that share this and share that. So that's how it goes, and that's totally cool. All right, thank you, everybody, for interacting with the show. I really appreciate that. I, I really do. Uh, hope the Minnesota Wild continue in the right direction. Three and one record is what I'm banking on. And I don't think that's a crazy expectation. With that said, again, uh, if you'd like to get on the show with your voice, that would be really, really welcome. It'd be a welcome addition to the show. Simply use your smart device. Open up any free voice recording application that every phone has. Uh, just read it, open it, press record, read it like a phone call, hit stop, share it, slash email us to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then uh, convert it into an mp3 file, thanks to zumzar.com. Appreciate what they do for that. Uh, I will put a link in the description with the, uh, or not a link, I'll put the email in the, the show description. Also, please write a positive rating for Brave the Wild on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Audible or Stitcher, if you could, it'd be greatly appreciated. Those of you that have, thank you and God bless you. I appreciate it so much. And anybody willing to do that in the future, thank you in advance so much. With that, have a wonderful couple weeks. I'm guessing the next episode of this show will be on Thanksgiving, but you never know. Maybe it'll be another, another rainy day a week from now, and I'll be back on air. If not, I'll see you on Thanksgiving. Until then, 
Happy Thanksgiving in advance, I suppose. God bless and talk to you soon. 